everyone. What's up? You're listening to the Skeleton Key Podcast. I'm your host, Keg, and with me as always is... Keegan. And back again, permanently, I guess, at this point, is my brother, Tate. What's up, Tate? Permanently. I like the ring to that one. Permanently. <laughs> like the hey, ring to it. Yeah, you're, hey, yeah, you're, you're stuck with us at this point. You, you and Keegs do well together, and... Um, Pretty good dynamic duo. All right, guys. So um, I've been getting some requests lately, like just more blood, more blood. Where's, where's the guts? So I decided to do a serial killer episode for this week. Real quick before we get started. Kagan's favorite topic. Favorite topic. Um, what are your guys' dream pair of shoes? Like, what's a pair of shoes you get right Easy now? Easy Red Octobers. Easily. Red right Octobers. Now. All right. Okay. Geeks. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not really a big shoe guy. I've so always really wanted to get rid of toys, but they are emotional. Right How much? They're probably like, I think they're like ten grand, aren't they? Yeah, they were. They may be more expensive now. Of course they are. They always go up. No, if I had to, uh, so my size is twenty four twenty four ninety nine, so twenty five grand. Oh, never mind. That went way far up. What size do you wear? Thirteens. Thirteens <laughs> are twenty two grand. Huh? Size twelve is forty nine thousand nine hundred seventy eight dollars. That <laughs> That's insane. No, mine mine are more modest. Mine are the um, the um, Jordan Five Saint Germains. They sit at about seven hundred. Yeah, but these just maybe I mean, one day. Not for the price. These, I, mean, I like those. No, they're dope as shit. I, I would wear them. I yeah, but I I don't wear them. Yeah, I don't wear them. I like them. No, no, yeah. Just um. So I'm only asking because our today's topic revolves around shoes. Today we are serial <laughs> killer and shoes. Yes, yes, sir. Today, guys, we are talking Jerry Brudos. You ever heard of him? Never. Okay, Jerry, uh, Jerry Brudos, also known as the Shoe Fetish Slayer or the Lust Killer, is a convicted serial killer and necrophile who killed at least four women in Oregon between 1968 Ooh, and 1969. Jerome Henry Brudos, known as Jerry by his friends, was born in Webster, South Dakota on January 31st, 1939 to Henry and Eileen Brudos. Jerry had been an accidental birth. However, his parents were at least hoping for a girl since they already had a boy, Jerry's older brother, Larry. <laughs> Jerry and Larry. <laughs> yeah, the parents already hate him. Yep. So sadly, from the second Jerry's mother saw that he was not a girl, he would never gain her approval, and she would go on to despise Jerry for the rest of her life. This happens a lot with serial killers. You, you find at least one parent usually hates him. Like John Wayne Gacy's dad hated him. Um, uh, Charles Manson's mom sold him for like four beers at one time at a bar. I'm pretty sure. Sold him. Yeah, sold him just to some guy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Henry, what? Henry, like Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool's whole families hated them. So. You know, kind of goes, you know, with the territory of nature yeah. and nurture. Mm-hmm. Ed, Ed Kemper's mom hated him. It doesn't help. <laughs> it no, never helps if you don't get any love. Um, so at eight, uh, in um, 1944, at the age of five, Jerry and his family relocated to Portland, Oregon, where Jerry would find something that would change his life forever. While playing at the local junkyard one day, Jerry spied something that caught his eye. It was a pair of ruby red, gem-encrusted women's stiletto high heels. And Jerry was zombified at the mere sight of them. See how I added that in there? Zombified. <laughs> Zombified. Shout out falling in reverse. <laughs> Shout out falling in reverse. So, Thinking, so he like he liked high heels? He there was something about him. You bet it, yeah. Something about him. And there's nothing wrong with liking and I and I want to get that off the bat real quick. I don't have a problem with people that cross dress or whatever, because half of them are people that you see every day on the street that just do it in their own homes because they're too embarrassed to do it out in public. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's when you have a you have a shoe fetish like this and you have a mother like he had that's the problem. So, um, thinking himself as playful, Jerry took them home and tried modeling them in front of his mother. She berated young Jerry and ordered him to take them back, but instead he hid them in the attic where his mother would find them days later and burn them in front of Jerry in the backyard. 
this is where like his anger towards his mother and his love for women's shoes gets kind of fused because he hates his mom and he sees the shoes as being like, oh, she hates them. Then this is some kind of like guilty little pr- like pleasure, you know, like forbidden fruit. So if she hates them, that means they must be good. But she's also burning what I love in front of me in this yard. And it just kind of gets fused in there with his love for like shoes and clothing, which and turns into clothing. Anger. Oh, then all the anger comes And his out. hatred for women. Yeah. He starts to get very fucking mad. Um, so after that, at the age of seven, Jerry and his family once again relocated to Riverside, California. Also, they move, they move a lot because his dad can't like really hold down a job. Um, Jerry would have his second negative encounter with shoes during this time. One day at school, Jerry noticed that his teacher kept a pair of heels in her desk drawer and decided to take them for himself, hiding them in his cubby until class was over. This fell apart, though, when one of his classmates discovered them and Jerry was humiliated, storming out of the room amidst roaring laughter from his classmates. It's also around this time that Jerry is diagnosed with a list of health problems. He was diagnosed with measles, laryngitis, and swollen glands while also needing to have several operations to fight the ungodly fungal infections he had on both his hands and feet. He's fucking disgusting. He's, I told you, he's gross. Wow. He's, did he not just take care of himself? He just, no, I don't think he, I think he just, like, I think he was, like, one of those guys that just didn't fucking bathe ever, and he just. Oh, somebody got oh, fungal wow. infections? He, he was covered oh. in fucking, they called it, like, acne vulgaris. I think that's the video that I read. Mm-hmm. It was, like, just horrible acne. He had, oh. he was covered in fucking just the freckles. He was fat. Yeah, he was just disgusting. He's not healthy whatsoever. He's not healthy at all. And, and, and he was socially awkward. No one really wanted to go around him. One of the investigators I saw called him, like, he said he was a very average-looking guy that no girl would want to become in contact with. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like—I do want to say I like how they called it acne vulgaris. Like the doctor's like, let's just make sure he can never get laid. We'll call it—we'll call it acne vulgaris. <laughs> that, that's how—that's how ugly he is. So after moving a fourth time and ending up in Grants Pass, Oregon, Jerry made a friend, a neighboring boy who was the same age as him at the time. The problem here was is that the boy had four teenage sisters, and the boy would routinely break into his own house with Jerry, where the two would routinely model the girls' many articles of clothing in front of each other, including their underwear, which would lead to Brutus's lifelong habit of cross-dressing. Again, a habit that he would indulge in until his, like, his eventual capture. So, yeah, the, the boy's breaking into his own house with, his, with Jerry, and they're stealing his sister's clothing, and they're trying it on in front of each other. <laughs> Imagine breaking into your own house to do that. He's he's waiting till everyone's home, and then he's sneaking into his own house to try on his sister's clothing with the weird, fat, crater-faced neighbor boy, <laughs> who's who's probably stealing half of the clothing that he's trying on to, like just slipping in his fucking back pocket and just like, yeah, like, no, I don't got anything. Watch out the bathroom. How look at this thong? <laughs> Dude, he would as he got older, he would wear like he would wear women's panties like oh, underneath yeah. his clothing at oh, work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they never seen a fucking thong. <laughs> but yeah, keep again. He thought he at this point he kind of has it in his head that he was supposed to be kind of a girl because his mother like was like, "You're not a girl. You were supposed to be a girl. Why are you not a girl?" Like his whole life. So it doesn't. None of it helps. He's trying for his mom. None of it helps. Yeah, but he also hates his mom. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> Older brother Larry, who was 16 at the time, started getting curious about girls, and he would routinely draw graphic naked pictures of women. But keep in mind, they were also naked, but also had only shoes on. So maybe Larry was also kind of dabbling in that kind of stuff. Who mm-hmm. knows? Um, but he would keep the, um, the drawings hidden from his abusive and repulsive mother. 
Jerry managed to find the drawings one day, but he was caught with them in, in hand by his mother almost immediately. <laughs> and to keep his brother safe, unlike Takashi, Jerry took the verbal onslaught without ratting out his brother. Like, so he, his brother hid these fucking drawings of naked girls from, from his mom. And the one day that Jerry finds them and looks at him, his mom immediately just walks in and finds him with them. <laughs> and then he just decides to not fucking, like, like I said, be fucking 6'9 and rat his brother out. And then he's just... That was doomed from the start. Why do you just go buy, like, a fucking Playboy magazine? I don't... I don't do they even have Playboys back then? No, this is, like, no, in 19... Is. This is, like, in the 50s. They didn't, ha, they didn't have Playboys back then. No. But, no, yeah, this is what you had to do to look at titties. You had to draw, draw them. them. You had to draw them. You know what reminds me of? Do you guys remember that episode of South Park where, like, there's no Wi-Fi? And, then, and they had to go to that... And then Randy's, like... He, he's, like, he just types in, like, naked girls. And that guy just, like, draws a picture of, a like, a stick figure and lowers it down. But, no, yeah, so he, he fucking hates his mom. Because he's, like, going... He's, like, I'm being a good brother and you're just fucking bitching at me. He just... He's confused. Um, so even after going through puberty, Jerry's mother couldn't stand the sight of him and would make him wash his own stained sheets after Jerry would have one of his many, many wet dreams. Because he never had any wet dreams when he was a kid. He started getting them when he was a teenager. Constant horn dog. He's because dude, he's so, he's so horny for shoes and women's <laughs> panties, but no girl will talk to him. <laughs> so, so he just wants to beat off the fucking shoes. He no, he wants to do. He, he does he a lot to more fuck than a that. Shoe. <laughs> Since girls wouldn't talk to him like at all, this is where his many fantasies started to come into play. Uh, Jerry said in later interviews with investigators that he would often dream of capturing a girl and then forcing her into a hole, like a pit in the ground, and then she would have to do whatever he asked of her, with the girl begging for mercy throughout the ordeal. Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's like se- he's seventeen at the time. The family once again moved <laughs> once more to um, Corvallis, Oregon, where Jerry continued to hoard and masturbate using women's clothing. So, in the summer of 1955, Jerry escalated and would commit his first violent act. At the age of 16, Jerry had stolen a particularly nice pair of panties. Say that three times fast. Particularly nice pair of panties. He's the, he's the panty thief. He, he is a panty thief. But yeah, but this isn't, this isn't like wholesome fun. <laughs> this guy's not. Um, from an 18-year-old girl down the street. But after realizing that the garment was not enough, he decided that he wanted more. After going to her, and you guys keep in mind, <clears throat> he thought that this was going to work. He, yeah, he thought this was going to work. After going to her house, Jerry informed her that he was an undercover cop and that he was on the case of tracking down the thief behind all the missing underwear and that he wanted her help in finding her stolen garments. He's <laughs> fucking 16 years old because he told her that he, he's told her that they picked him for the case because no one would think that a 16-year-old would be on the police squad. Who the fuck reports stolen underwear? They did back then, because he would steal. He would steal them from like back because he stole them all from their like clotheslines, in their backyards. And then it was yeah. I mean, I understand they broke into your house and stole it, but no. Back then, back then it was a big deal, I guess. Back then, no, the police and the, they were getting calls and complaints from hey, the people in the neighborhood. Running around clotheslines, picking <laughs> them all, running. Someone, level of someone just digit. stole my tidy waddies. I'd like you to uh, find and press charges. Back in '55, they would have like they would have like had had someone looking for him. Yes. Man, is it a ding dong ditching back then? They were stealing panties off clotheslines and running. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. <laughs> I never really gotten the whole panties stealing thing. I don't either. But it used to be. It was a big thing back in the day, you know, like with panty raids. They used to do that kind of stuff. Like the like frats used to do that kind of stuff with sororities. Sniffing panties. Well, they used to take them, and, and back then, when back then they had like a, I guess boys would be boys attitude, even though that still isn't that cool. I don't know. 
So after the girl arrived at his house, she walked in, and, and again, keep in, keep in mind, he thought this was going to work. After the girl arrived at his house, she walked in, and after thinking that no one was home, she was jumped and attacked by a masked man with a knife. It was Jerry. He forced her to undress at knife point while he took numerous Polaroids of her nude, but as fast as he appeared, he went running down the stairs, and after the girl got dressed and ran down the stairs to the front door, she was met with Jerry on the other side of it. He told her that, that a man with a mask on had clubbed him, knocking him unconscious, and after waking up, he, he chased the man from the house but failed to catch him as he drove away. Jerry also began... Uh, yeah, keep that, keep that in mind. He is thought that was going to work. Is this like a 30-second span? It's like some Scooby-Doo shit. He, yeah, pretty, yeah, essentially. Is he, he took Harry like Houdini? He took a bunch of pictures, and he just ran down the stairs, ran outside. She is freaking the fuck out because she just got held at knife point, so she puts her clothing back on, and she runs down the stairs. She opens it up, and he's on the other side of it going like this. Oh, my God, he, you, you won't believe what happened. He just drove away. And he hit. He clubbed me in the head, and I'm up from it now. Yeah. Exa- yes. Has that mask in his back pocket. She she didn't tell she didn't tell anyone though. She didn't tell the cops that it happened. We just know it happened because like you know years later she was like, oh yeah that did happen. He was like, yeah I did that. So yeah she didn't tell the cops, which is a really bad, bad thing. It's ugh, whatever. <clears throat> so oh this is, Jerry also began to run run up on unsuspecting girls, knock them out, and then steal their shoes before running away to do God knows what with them. So the following year, um, in 1956, Jerry offers a classmate a ride home, but instead takes her to an abandoned farmhouse. Nothing good ever happens at abandoned farmhouses. Um, after, sh- after she tried running away, Jerry began to beat her profusely with his bare hands. However, a couple that was nearby noticed what was happening and intervened. Jerry, t- <laughs> Jerry told the couple that he was a good Samaritan who had stopped to help the girl and that she had gotten bruised from falling out of her car. After she's covered in bruises, she's covered. Oh, and he was like, he was like, well, car. she just fell out of her car when I was walking up, and she's just, she, she looks like she got, she looks like she's been beaten by a guy. <laughs> um, she fell out of her car. Yeah, the couple obviously did not believe Jerry, and instead took him to the police station where he confessed to have been the attacker. So after the confession, a quick sweep of Jerry's room revealed dozens of photos of women and a large stockpile of women's clothing and shoes, and some stained noticeably with jizz. Ew. <laughs> so they caught the panty thief. <laughs> they caught the panty thief. Mr. Disdain. <laughs> they got the panty Not all of them, though, because he had some of them were his favorites that he would, ne- he would not do that with. But then others he would just, I guess, was just like... And just like fucking just going all over the... Going all over the seals. What was that? I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. So he just had then looked at panties and beat off to them. Yeah. And s- potentially sniffed them. Oh, Keeks, who knows what he did with fucking these things? Fucking Tom over here. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I'm like getting off to the smell of ass crack. Uh, dude, uh, he didn't. He, he, look how gross. He didn't give a yeah, shit. Sure. Sniffing ass. He's a, he's a, he's a fucking, he, he's a necrophile, Keeks. Oh, look at these fucking shit-stained panties. Yeah. You gotta think, where's he hiding all this stuff at? I know, like, when he got, when he, like, it, like, when they caught him, he had a bunch up in his attic. I'm not gonna spoil too much, but I don't know where he's hiding all this stuff from his mom at. <laughs> He had some in his attic, but his mom would find him every now and then. The attic already got caught. Yeah, he did. At the beginning, I don't know where he's hiding. I'd be curious to see. He um, (laughs) he stays he stays somewhere in his next place where he lives. That after he gets out, I'm gonna you'll see. So um, Jerry was so (laughs) Jerry was was then placed in Oregon State Hospital to be evaluated by the specialists, and I'm calling them specialists because they're idiots. Mm -hmm. And the doctors soon diagnosed him with never heard this before. Quote. Adjustment reaction of adolescence with sexual deviation and fetishism, unquote. 
basically saying that he had adjustment issues in childhood, but in time his brain would correct them. And since he was not a like, and since he was not seen as a threat to doctors, Jerry was allowed to attend high school during the day and would return to the hospital at nighttime, which he would do so for the next eight months. <laughs> like, yeah, that, I, I want to say that is really fucking irresponsible oh, <laughs> on the doctor's part. They, they didn't see him as a. They, they saw him as like, oh, he just has adjustment issues. Yeah, he's got some problems and a few fetishes, but over time, his brain will like turn him into a, <laughs> an adult. So he can go to school during the day, but he has to come back here at nighttime and stay the night. He like panties in his wear, shorts to bring back. Can, can you imagine? He's he's like this. Hey, um, you know, um, sorry, I don't have a whole lot of time to do stuff. I uh, spend too much time at the mental asylum. Yeah, like, yeah. you just bragging still to... still in pain. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jerry, you want to come over later? I got to sleep in the hospital. No, man, sorry. I get back to the fucking psychiatric yeah. ward. <laughs> I got I got some panties on right now. I, they're hard to run in, but I got to make it back to the ward. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just fucking irresponsible. That's why I'm calling them specialists, because what in the fuck? Um and eight months later, even even after being arrested for beating a woman, confessed to holding one at knife point, and randomly attacking them, and even after being diagnosed as borderline schizophrenic and who showed clear signs of blooming psych- psychopathy, he was allowed to, he was seen as cured and allowed to leave and finish high school. Come on, guys. That's where it all went downhill. I was gonna say. I yeah, think that's where it all went this was this this was the 1950s. They had no idea. Yeah. But still, they he this was not. This was not good. <laughs> this was not good. So after barely passing high school, lower thirty percent. I'm gonna add. I can't. I can't help it. I can't help but add in anything to make this guy seem as fucking stupid as possible. <laughs> lower thirty percent. Jerry tried going to college, but frequently skipped classes and eventually said fuck it and dropped out. So he decided to join the army. After being st- uh, stationed at Fort Ord. Jerry claimed that a naked Korean woman would, cr- would climb into his bed in the army barracks nightly and attempt to have sex with him. Jerry then attempted to tell the army chaplain his problems, but the chaplain sent him straight to the fort psycho- psychiatrist, who, after hearing Jerry's story, honorably discharged him due to his, quote, bizarre obsessions. Like, what do you say? He was saying the ghost of a naked Korean woman was trying to crawl into bed with him every single night and fuck him. <laughs> like, what do you say? It's like I'm fucking, uh... Ghostbusters? No, I was gonna say, uh, just... Oh. A scary movie when the, the girls can. Oh, scary out. movie three. She's getting fucked three. by the ghost. Scary yeah, movie three. I was thinking that scene in Ghostbusters Tate where Dana Ackerwood's sitting there, then like all of a sudden his fucking fly starts getting unzipped. <laughs> this is the end when Jonah Hill gets fucked by that dude. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that involve this, but yeah. So the so the fucking army psychiatrist was just like this. You what? Oh, oh, we can't we can't have you in the army. We can't have you in the army. He was too fucking stupid to be in the army. Keep that in mind. But no, he was he was an army clerk. It was his job to give out fucking uniforms and to um he like held like he was in the clerk's office. That was his job. You'll see that a lot of these guys a lot of these guys never see combat. There's been a lot of serial killers that have been in the army. Um David Berkowitz, L- Leonard Lake, um fucking Dennis Rader, BTK, um Jerry Brutus, they were all in the military, and a few of them lied about it. Like, Leonard Lake lied. He was like, oh, yeah, I was in the front lines. I killed 30 people. Um, a few of them other did, but, like, they all never did. Weirdly enough, the majority of them work in radar and or a clerk's office like this. They never see combat. It's kind of weird. So after being discharged, Jerry then moved back in with his parents. However, however, was forced to sleep in an unheated shed without plumbing or electricity whenever his brother Larry was home from college or during summer or the holidays. 
They fucking they fucking hated him. His his mother his mother fucking hated him. She she made him sleep like he could sleep in that room, but whenever Larry came home from college for whatever, Jerry had to sleep in just a fucking wooden shed. With nothing, it's like, it's like it's like yeah. Who needs who needs electricity or the or a television or a bathroom or, or a refrigerator? Not in the fucking living room with a couch that he could sleep on. No, he just like, there was a bed in there, but I don't. Fucking. Oh shit. no, Keeks. They had he could have slept on the couch. They didn't. They just hated him. They his didn't mom care. Said, Fuck it. Yeah, his his dad was a fucking his dad was a pushover. He was afraid of his mom. So whatever his mom just said, he was like, all right, honey, whatever. I finally found an excuse to get him out of the fucking house. Yeah, literally, and they just put him in a fucking shed. <laughs> uh, so. <clears throat> Jerry then blacked out the windows and began to hang women's underwear along the walls. It would dress up in their clothing and prance around the whole time, but his anger was only growing. I want to point the fact real quick. He put up the, the he blocked the windows out so no one could see inside the shed. But let's be realistic here. No, no one is no one's going to go inside that shed. <laughs> no one wants to go near that shed. No one's going to go in there and check on him. No one cares because they know how disgusting it's probably going to be in there. He probably did five feet away. He probably smelled his ass. I mean, he just. It's disgusting. There was no plumbing, no electricity. It's fucking so gross. What the hell is he just shitting in a corner or something? I don't know. I, th- I think he. I think he might have. It was either a bucket or he. He yeah. was allowed to go inside and eat and use the bathroom, but then he just had to go back out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like prison. It's like prison. <laughs> okay, so here we go. One night in fall of 1960, Jerry spotted a particularly nice pair of heels on a woman as she was walking home. So he decided to follow her. Oh God. After, after feeling secluded enough, Jerry tackled the poor woman and strangled her until she passed out. He then took her shoes and ran back to his shed, where he slept in the heels, later telling investigators that wearing them made him feel, quote, extremely powerful. From high heels? From wearing high heels while he slept. After he, no- after he knocked a woman out and took him from her. That's the old, hey, that's the flag in the ground stand of power How right there. How powerful in your sleep? The heels made him feel powerful. I don't know, man. I mean, you, okay, look. You, you don't, like, wear your heels to bed, Keegs, and not feel, like, just super fucking full of power. I don't have high heels. Honestly, I would love to see you in a pair of heels. Can you imagine how fucking... He couldn't walk around in heels. My fucking ankles <laughs> would be broken. Dude, your back would be... Dead. Your back would be fucked. You need one surgery the day after you wore them. <laughs> you need a yeah, surgery. You would never see me in heels anyway, so... <laughs> Thank God. I hope not. If I do, I'm gonna not live here anymore. <laughs> So, um, Jerry was now 22 and got a job working at the Corvallis radio station where he would meet his soon-to-be wife. Yeah, keep in mind, he was married with two kids, by the way, guys. This cycle? <laughs> During... Is he just sniffing his wife's underwear? <laughs> just you wait. Just you guys wait. They're, they're both taking their kids out to eat and he's wearing high heels with his wife? No, it's, it wasn't quite that bad. It, 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 you'll see, they kept it more to the house. So, 17-year-old Darcy Metzler was immediately infatuated by Brutos, seeing him as a kind and very mature man for his age. Her parents, however, were disapproving of Jerry and tried forcing her to dump him, but in some strange act of rebellion, she was, she was in love with Brutos, and the two were married in just two months. So, yeah, it's like, how do I put this? She's, he's not like a bad boy on a Harley, you know, fucking smoking cigarettes. It's Jerry Brutos. How fucking how 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 much of a rebel could she really feel like being like no mom I'm gonna go fucking date the dumpy crater faced weirdo that smells like shoe and cum all the time I don't know I don't know I don't know man like a hell of a combo it's that's what he that that was his cologne shoe and cum um yeah but no so hey guys also keep it keep it keep in mind real quick. 
there's somebody for everyone. If you feel lonely, just keep in mind, Jerry Brudos found a wife. I pray to God you don't get somebody like Jerry. But okay, Tate, look, no offense. I, I feel like you keep. I feel like you catch like the fish with the bait that you use. You know what I mean? Like he he threw himself out there, and then she was like, she okay. She's also seventeen. She thought he was more mature. She didn't know. You know, she was she's kind of dumb. She didn't know. She had no idea. So she's an idiot too. She gets smarter the next couple of years. But you're gonna see. She let uh, she was she was blind to a lot of things that went uh, that went on when they were married. I'll just say that. So the marriage started out as bad as bad as, as for Darcy's you'd expect. Jerry requested that the two only ever be naked while inside the house, and that Darcy wear a pair of high heels while she did all the housework around the house, all while Jerry took pictures of her. Yes, is that not a red flag? It's kind of a red <laughs> flag. There's there was actually there was actually one story where like because they they um. They they had a kid around this time, and like when they went, the kid wasn't born yet. But when the kid was born, you'll see Darcy got kind of sick of the whole naked thing. But before like, but like before she told him she was sick of it, he would like ask her to like sit down on, the, on their kid's trike and like flop her tits over the handlebars, and he would just take a bunch of pic- that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to point out the fact if if you that's your kid's trike, you buy another trike, you buy the sex trike for for the pictures. Oh my, um, but. When doing this began to hurt her back, because she complained, because she complained that hurt her back, and she didn't want to do it anymore, Jerry protested with a hissy fit in disagreement. And when Darcy decided that she didn't want to be naked around the house after the birth of their first baby, Megan, uh, Jerry got visibly angry, and he tried to argue with her. But in the end, he caved to her, and instead would leave dozens of Polaroids of himself and women's underwear around the house for Darcy to find. He he's just wanting to expose himself and his wife to their fucking daughter. He this is what he wants to do because he's never been able to do what he wanted to do. You know, um, from his mom yelling at him to the shed, to the the stinky shed. Yes, because she was younger and she would do whatever Mm -hmm. he wanted. But now she's getting a little older because I think it's been three years. She's about twenty years old and they have a kid. She wants to stand up for herself. She's going like, "Hey, this hurts my back." We have a daughter now. I don't just want to fucking let you hang dong walking around the house anymore. And I, frankly, <laughs> I, I'm sick of hanging brain. And, and, and frankly, I'm sick of having to take pictures of, <laughs> on our daughter's trike. And Jerry, put that horse cock up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you know he, he, you know he wasn't packing. You know he had a small dick. Yeah, get a, get a baby carrot. I would. I dude. I, I I'm gonna go on the out, out on limb here and say that he probably had a pop can dick. <laughs> Fucking just yeah, short yeah. and fucking wide. Mini Pringles can. Mini Pringles can, exactly. <laughs> Not impressive. Um, I'm going to a gas station pickle. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, he just protests. He's like, he's like, well, he he wants to he wants to be able to have his dirty sex house like he has, but also like try to be a father. But you can't do both those things. So he's just like, so essentially, what happens is he and Darcy's marriage is about to start going downhill, and there's and things are that's when things are going to get bad. Wait, so to clear, so they stopped doing the whole naked thing, right? This, yeah, yes. So it's done. Yeah. So and then, then after that, he was, pictures. and it, without without her permission, without telling her, he was like, "Well, he's like for some for some excitement. If we can't walk around naked, I'll just leave pictures of myself and women's clothing around for her to find. Like, she, like when she's cleaning, so like she'll pull a book out and there'll just be like a Polaroid in there of him naked, or like she'll lift a lamp up and there's just one underneath it. Think of how fucked up that kid would be if. They just walked yeah. around fucking naked, and if she didn't stop that. Hey, man, he had two of them, but we're I about mean, to get into. They're probably still fucked up, but I don't, dude. That's the thing. I never know like what these, what happened with the kids after these. Like, I don't know what happened to his kids after this. I have no idea. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. Um. So. 
Oh, yeah, here we go. <clears throat> so the family continues to move around due to Jerry unable to maintain employment, but would soon settle in Portland where Jerry would find his passion in, in his job until he, died, until he was arrested of being an electrician. All comes God. back to the yeah. job side. I, I'm oh not kidding. God. I did not know that. When I saw he was electrician, I was like, that. I'm like, this is too it's good to be true. Just every single serial killer. Every one of them. Who was the concrete guy? Concrete was Ivan Milan. Yeah. You know, the spine slasher. Then yeah. fucking um, Albert Fish was a, was a house painter. Was a painter. And then now we got Jerry Brudos as a fucking electrician. Oh my God. <laughs> it all comes back. I'm starting to think Tom's wrong. I'm starting to think blue collar guys are, are evil. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this is a fucking electrician. I mean, Blue collar guys are the people too, and these people are making them look awful. These people, yeah, these killers are making all of our, all of our guys look horrible. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can't make this up. I did not know that when I saw that. I was like, this is too good to be true. This is too good to be true. I feel like a lot of concrete guys are convicts, though. I think we talked about this, Matt. Like I said, I don't think. Oh you yeah, can... remind me after the podcast I got a story. To tell you guys about. That has to do with this. Like right now? No, after the podcast. Oh, after the podcast. Is it concrete. Yeah. Okay. Like sweet. Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think we talked about this, Keeks. Remember, I, I think I said. Hmm? Yeah. Remember, I think I said, um, like, you can't legally be a concrete guy unless you have at least three criminal charges. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um. So Darcy soon became pregnant again, and while Jerry openly hated his daughter Megan, he was excited about having Damn. a son, which completely mirrored his mother's treatment towards him when he was younger. He's yeah. just repeating the cycle. He liked the girl, but he he, he hated the girl. But he, but he was like, but I want a son. Now, this is kind of fucked up on Darcy's part, I want to point out. However, Darcy, for whatever fucking reason, said that she did not want Jerry to witness the birth of their son, saying that she did not want Jerry to see the baby coming out of her. So while Jerry was at work one day, fucked up of her. Darcy had their son, Jason, and he w- and Jerry would not find out until he got home after work that day. Okay, yeah. Well, if my... Spouse was like him. Then yeah, I'd, that's what I was saying. It's I really did the same thing. Of her. It is kind of fucked. Imagine that you get home and it's like, hey, it's not bad of her. It's not bad of her. No, because I mean, look how he is. I probably wouldn't let that dude around either. No, no. Actually, he's got a point. Yeah, sending his yeah. Polaroid camera. Yeah. Wait, was I just was I, was I just was I just siding with Brudos? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We go, oh, the baby's at halfway. Oh, out. dude, you know, he, you know, he would have. Well, that's the thing. I, she's. I think she specifically didn't want him there because she was afraid he was going to take pictures of the baby coming out of her. I can't blame her. Like, imagine if he walks in and like just like with his camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jerry was extremely upset with his wife after the incident, and the two never got along afterwards, causing Jerry to stay in his garage most of the time. And guys, the garage would be his kill room. This is his. Um, this is his fucking cabin. Date. This is his cabin. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> An adjoining garage... What? I said, oh, Lord. Yeah. In adjoining garage through a breezeway, Jerry had installed several locks on the door, and since no one was allowed in the garage, Jerry installed an intercom system so that Darcy could talk to him through it. His excuse? He had a dark room set up for his Polaroids and said that the light could ruin the film. You're going to see... Um, it's hard to say that she wasn't complicit in any of this, because once the more we start talking about this guy... She, there's a lot of stuff going on that she should have fucking saw. There's a lot, especially and also if you can't go if you can't go into every room in the house that you live in, maybe that's, that's an automatic red flag. Maybe fucking yeah. ask why. Uh-huh. But then again, she thought like she thought that you know she knew he took a bunch of pictures, so she was like, okay, he has a fucking he has a a black room or whatever a red, whatever well, it is. If that was the, like when they weren't there, I'd sneak in there to look anyway. Yeah, but I think she was just like whatever. I, I fucking hate him. I'm just with him for because he has a job yeah. and we have kids together. But again, if you can't go into every room in your house, people, there's something wrong with that. 
So, a few days after the birth of their son, Jerry, still devastated at not getting to see the birth himself, was feeling extra anxious one night and decided to follow a woman in heels back to her house. After waiting for her to fall asleep, he broke into her home and tried to steal the shoes, but he was sloppy and woke her up. After she began screaming, Jerry choked her until she was unconscious and found that he loved the limpness of her body over everything else. He then raped her and stole her shoes as he ran off into the night. This crime wasn't connected to Jerry until years later after he confessed to him doing it himself. So that's the thing. He, he, thought, he thought he'd killed her. He thought he killed her. He thought like that he had choked her out and like and killed her, but she was really just passed out. And he found that he loved like he loved being able to like have the body and do what he wanted with it. He liked having a, what he called he, he liked having a doll. And so he had sex with it. But keep in mind, he is a necrophile. He is a necrophile, and I do think he thought he killed her. So technically, this could even though she wasn't dead, this was the first time that he attempted what he thought was necrophilia, because he thought he killed her. He does do necrophilia later on. And he actually does it. But this time was not actually, but I think he thought he did it. Because so this he, is where it all starts, right here. This is where it gets bad. This is where it gets bad. So, Jerry did almost die, though. While working on, while working on an industrial generator, Jerry accidentally grabbed a live wire, um, which was filled with 400, or 480 volts, blasting him backwards across the room. Certain studies suggest that high enough voltage, like volts of electricity, might be enough to scramble the brain. Um, it was used back in the 50s with, psychi- with um, psychiatric patients, and we all saw how well that fucking worked. However, Jerry already had, a regressed, had already regressed back to stealing women's underwear and clothing again, so the shock didn't necessarily matter. Because a- after his wife basically you know, cut, him, cut off sex, cut off the, all that kind of stuff, they hate each other, he started stealing women's clothing for the neighborhood again. And he's like, 20, he's like 28. <laughs> and he started stealing from clothes like his roots. Yeah. And, and, and again, he, would, he, he kept fucking um, running up to women and knocking them out and, gra- and taking their shoes from them. He had hundreds of clothing and shoes. He, he, he could have knocked out fucking a lot of women on the street and taking their clothing. His wife never just found random ass shit. Yeah. He would, just like, he would just like hide behind a tree or a bus stop. And then when a girl walked by, he would just like run out and fucking just cock them. And then fucking take their shoes and run off. Wait, was, did he keep them in his garage? Uh, he kept them in the attic. Kept in the attic of the Did house. The wife never go up there. Wife never went up there because he told her that um that the attic was full of rats. The heck? Which I don't really understand why you want to have an attic constantly full of rats. You think you yeah. might want to get rid of the rats. Yeah, do something about it. So yeah, it's, again, shady shit, Tate. She should have saw some of this. I'm not holding her at a high stake. I'm not. So, um, anyways, oh yeah. So <clears throat> at this point, I'm sure you guys have realized that Bruce is the classic product killer that you, like you hear me talk about, like Richard Chase, Albert Fish. He, you know, he wants he wants the body parts. He wants the product, but he also does enjoy the process of killing. So he's kind of a mixture of both. But he still needed the body in the end of the whole thing, and he would sadly get his first victim January twenty sixth, nineteen sixty eight. Sad. So nineteen year old Linda Slauson was selling encyclopedias door to door when she came upon Jerry doing some um, some work in his front yard. Linda had been trying to find a certain address, but since it had rained that day, the address was smeared, and she couldn't read the ink. So when she told Jerry like, that she, what, like what she was there for, he acted as if he was expecting her, and that it was his address she was going to. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Jerry convinced her to not only come into his home where his mother was watching his children, but somehow got her to go down to the basement with him. The hell? Yeah, What? Never go to the basement. No. Never go. Never, never go to the basement. Never go to the basement unless you, unless you're in the basement business. I don't know. Like unless you're trying to buy the basement. I don't know. Never go to the basement. She didn't have to do that. 
When Linda was turned, sorry, when Linda was turned around, Jerry picked up a two by four and cracked it down on top of her head, knocking her unconscious. He then got on top of her and strangled her until she, until he knew that she was dead. And in a move that shows you just how truly devoid of emotion Jerry truly was, even though he had just killed a young girl, he walked upstairs, gave his mother some cash, and told her to go get everyone hamburgers in an attempt to get them to leave the house for a while. Again, <clears throat> real, real quick, he's not smart. No. He just has no emotion to what he just did is wrong. That's the thing. People always like to act like, oh, they're so smart. He's not smart. He, he legit didn't see a problem with what he did. He, he probably went up there and then asked his mother to get them hamburgers like he actually just – like, like I would to you, Tate. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, hey, go ahead. Go get some hamburgers. He probably just did that like nothing was wrong. He's not smart. He just doesn't see what he did as, as being wrong. And she did. So after he, he heard the sound of his mother's footsteps leaving the house, Jerry began to have his fun. He stripped the corpse naked and dressed it in, in, in <clears throat> sorry, he stripped the corpse naked and dressed it in clothes and garments from his personal collection that he already had. But Jerry had fucked up. Since the kill was so spur of the moment, Jerry didn't have any film in the camera that he used, so instead decided to take a trophy. Using a hacksaw, Jerry cut off Linda's left foot at the ankle, oh, oh, oh. which he would keep in his freezer, and he would model his favorite heels on it from time to time. Oh my! What the oh. fuck? Yeah. Yep, he kept it for Holy he kept it for like three months afterwards until it was because you know eventually yeah, it does kind God. of rot. So he threw her body away, and then like three months later he threw her foot away. Ew. Yeah, he likes to take trophies, and trust me, he takes more. So that was his first kill. His first yeah. kill. Yeah. There were three more. He got three more. Yeah, and a lot and a lot of attempts that he's not good at. So that, that same night, late in the evening, Jerry loaded Linda's body into his car and drove to the nearby Willamette River for disposal. After placing a jack and spare tire outside to fake a flat, he then chained Linda's body to an engine head and tossed her over the bridge, sitting, sinking down and never to be seen again. Linda is the first of four unlucky souls, possibly more, who met their fate at the hands of Jerry Brudos. But we will get to the other three victims and Brutus' eventual capture next week for Jerry Brutus Part 2. Yeah. First two-parter.